0: Welcome to the Iron Society podcast, where we build men of God to become husbands and fathers that change the world. No man should have to struggle through life alone or lacking the tools they need to win and dominate life. Every week, we will bring you an inspiring and actionable conversation that will forge you into the man and leader God has called you to be. Welcome to the Iron Society. What's up, everybody? Welcome to a special solo episode of the Iron Society podcast. Um, I we're just going to jump into this because I posted a reel this morning on my Instagram, and I'm going to read the caption of that reel and tell you what was on it. I got two incredible questions um, from a wife after I had posted that and I was going to respond to this gal and I figured, you know what? I'm not just going to type this back. I'm going to sit down and give a response to all the wives that might be thinking this question and not asking it. Um, And also the husbands that maybe, maybe they're dealing with it on their side and this would just be a great conversation. Uh, Well, it's not so much of a conversation because I'm the only one talking here, but it's a great play. It's a a great conversation starter. So let me, let me tell you what I posted on my Instagram. It was a real me just taking a sip of coffee. And I said, um, marriage pro tip. And I said, uh, stop reminding your spouse of their failures more than Jesus does. And then here's the caption. I'm going to read the caption to you right here. It says this, let me make something super clear for everyone who is married we must develop the skill of finding the good things the Lord is doing in our spouse and celebrate those things instead of reminding them all the time of how they have failed, fallen short, and how they are not, quote, doing the right things. When we do this, we become our spouse's advocate instead of their adversary. Now think, uh, now think about what I'm about to say, uh, what I'm about to tell you for a moment. One of the many things... The Bible calls the devil is the accuser of the brethren. That's found in Revelation chapter 12. I submit to you that if you are constantly pointing out your spouse's shortcomings and failures that you are partnering with the devil. Yeah, I know that's a pretty broad sweeping statement. I said it that way on purpose because this is a big deal. I'm not saying that we cannot lovingly and graciously bring things to our spouse that would help them have a better uh, help them be better and grow in sanctification. I am saying that this must all be done in the right heart and with the right motives. Here's something to try. Ask your spouse if they feel beat up or built up during these conversations. This is a simple way to figure out if you are having these conversations in a graceful way or in an accusatory way. Now, it wasn't very long after this. That was the post, by the way. Now we're getting into um, the conversation we're going to have here. Shortly after had somebody, like I said, reach out with these two really good questions. And I'm going to ask you, I'm going to tell you both of the questions. And then I'm going to kind of, we're going to go through and talk about some of my thoughts about this. Here are the two questions. The first one, how does a wife, because the person who asked this was a wife, how does a wife do this better without feeling like she's carrying the mental and physical load to encouraging him, right? So how does a wife do this? Without feeling like she's carrying this big mental and physical load of being the one that is the encourager of her husband, the second question is: How would you teach about boundaries or standards for accountability that is needed, but they want encouragement instead? So I, I think the question, mind the question with this is: You know, the husband's just like, I just want to be encouraged by you. Um, <laughs> to stop telling me everything I'm doing wrong. I just want to be encouraged. Uh, but how do you actually deal with the healthy tension of there's boundaries and standards in marriage that you have probably set in your marriage and both parties, both sides need to be held accountable to that. But how do you do that when they're just like, just encourage me? Okay. So let's, let's jump into a bit of a conversation about this. So I want to answer the second question first, the question, how would you teach about boundaries or standards for accountability that is needed, but they want encouragement instead. Now we're going to answer this question first. So first of all, uh, I want to, John 1 17 says this for the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. So we see Jesus here coming on the scene, right? We, we see Jesus and he was full of grace and truth, grace and truth. Okay. Now the, when it comes to this whole idea of being like not being an accuser of your husband, Uh, But being an advocate of your husband, we we get into the second, we get into this layer where it's like, okay, well, there's boundaries and standards in marriage. So how do we operate in those boundaries and standards that we've set together, but also be loving, graceful, all those things as well. Because if we want to be like Jesus to our spouse, we have to be able to operate in both grace and truth. We have to be able to. Now, the issue comes when you operate mostly in one or the other, because if you're living solely in the I'm just going to give grace, I'm going to give grace, I'm going to give grace, I'm going to give grace, that's not loving. That is being an enabler. Okay. So if you are just living 100% of the time in grace, that's not loving. That's that's becoming an enabler. Now, on the other side, if you are just full of truth and you're just like, I'm going to point out the truth of how you failed. I'm going to point out the truth of what you violated, the boundary that you broke, the standard that you're not living up to. If you're just always living in the truth of pointing out these things, you're actually writing a really fine line of becoming a Pharisee. Because in the gospel, we see Jesus, again, full of grace and truth. He brought grace to those in moments and he brought truth to people in moments. The Pharisees, however, what we see at the Pharisees, they were so zealous about the law and the truth that they were just beating people over the heads with it all the time. There was zero grace. It was just, you know, catching a woman in the act of adultery. She needs to be stoned and Jesus is down there and it's like, Hey, those of you guys haven't sinned throw the first stone, right? Uh, he extended great grace to that woman in that time while the Pharisees just wanted to point out the truth of the law and kill the woman. Right, this is this is where we start to get into trouble when we live very very heavy on one side and cannot kind of swing the pendulum back and forth in a very uh, spirit led way. Now, um, when we do that, it's again we either become an enabler or we become a Pharisee. Now, we do not get to choose. <laughs> we do not get to say, okay, listen. I only want to live on one side. We don't get that option. As a follower of Jesus, we must live in that tension and we must accept both sides as both husbands and wives from our spouse. We have to be able to receive both of those things because listen, the Lord, the scripture says the Lord disciplines those who he loves and He's also very kind and gracious, right? The scripture says that it's his loving kindness that leads us to repentance. We see both of these things displayed through Jesus and through the father. We see the father is, he is just, he is righteous, he is holy, and he disciplines those who he loves. He brings truth and rebuke. And he also is full of loving kindness. And that is what leads us to repentance. So we don't get to decide if we, only want to receive one side as a husband or wife, or even in our walk with Jesus, we have to be able to walk in both and receive both. Now to bring this full circle, what about boundaries and standards for accountability? Listen, in marriage, you need boundaries and standards that you are setting together. Now, this is partially, um, the first thing I would want to point out with this is are these boundaries and standards, standards that you have as a one flesh union agreed on, or is it a boundary and standard that you are just setting without your spouse's like buy-in on? Because that's a, that's a red flag in and of itself. And I would say in, in my experience, in my marriage, boundaries and standards that we have set, we have come together and we have created those boundaries and standards as one so that we are walking in unity and we have the vision before us of how we are going to live in those boundaries and standards but here's the deal with those boundaries and standards no one if you've agreed upon those no one gets a free pass on violating those boundaries or standards that you set in your marriage you do not get to violate those boundaries and standards that you have set um this is a big problem um for example, and I'll just, this is a very extreme example. Okay. I want to, I, I want to preface this example with it is very extreme. I would say that there is a, there should be an unspoken boundary and standard about how a husband or a wife treats their husband physically. If a husband or wife starts to violate a boundary or a standard of how you are treating your wife physically, for example, let's say, let's say domestic violence That is a clear violation of that boundary or standard, and that must be dealt with. Now, where it gets really dark and insidious is when, for example, a husband repeatedly violates that boundary over and over and over and over again, beating his wife so much so that she is scared to ever bring it up because she'll just be, she'll get the crap kicked out of her again. And she can't tell anybody, can't do anything. And that is, that is a very, that is a, terrible situation. And if you're in that situation, man, first of all, I pray for you. Secondly, um, gosh, we need to get you out of that somehow. Right. But again, I know that is a very extreme example, but there are, there are different examples that can seem less, um, gosh, what's the word? Just not as they're not as big and extreme examples, right? It's like, Hey, you said you, you would always be doing this. Like, right. Like the guy, like, you said you'd be the one to always take out the trash and you never do it, or you very rarely do it. And I'm, I'm very frequently doing it. This is, was a standard or a boundary that we set, a role that we had established, and you're not fulfilling that role. Um, you, you don't just get a free pass on violating that if you've come up with that together. There needs to be correction in that. There needs to be uh, forgiveness in that. There needs to be repentance of violating a boundary or a standard that you've set in your marriage, whatever that boundary or standard is. Now, there's all kinds of boundaries and standards there's emotional boundaries and standards, there's physical boundaries and standards, there's time, space, there's all kinds of boundaries and standards. Now, how do we deal with that? Because somebody could very easily read the post that I made and think, well, if I I can't accuse them or bring this before them, because well, Cody said that I just need to be an advocate of my spouse and you do. But also if, if, if clear boundaries are being violated um, or standards are being violated, there has to be that truth that comes in. Now, first of all, we have to do this with a gracious heart. You can bring truth with a gracious heart, right? That is what Jesus did. Now, How do we actually do this? How does this actually get done? Okay. I, and here's, here's what my wife and I, Stephanie have done in our marriage. Um, early on in our marriage, we've always had a great marriage, but obviously we're not perfect. Once a week, we would often sit down and have a team meeting or a conversation. And the first two questions that always came out of my mouth were, how am I doing as your husband? What can I do better? These questions I was asking very, very specifically because I wanted to give my wife an opportunity to say, here's how you're letting me down. Here's how you're not living up to being the husband that I want you to be. Here's how you're violating boundaries, standards, whatever. And the rule that I have for this is husbands ask this question and shut up, just shut your mouth, listen to your wife, take notes and then take action. Okay. But what, the, the reason we did this once a week, we had a very specific time once a week because it was a predictable time. It was a safe space for us to have this conversation. It wasn't like with the kids around. It wasn't when I was just coming home from work tired. It was a predictable time and place to have this conversation. And that, that is, that is how I would say if, if you If you're in a place where you're like, I I want to be my husband or my wife's advocate, but there are also boundaries or standards that are being violated. How do I reconcile that? What do I do? I would say have a weekly time where you are both going into it knowing you are going to be having difficult conversations about where either one of you are kind of dropping the ball or violating standards or boundaries. What that does Is it creates a time and a place where we go into it saying, we're going to be having a difficult conversation here. The reason we're having this conversation is not because we want to beat each other up, but because we want to be better for one another. We want to grow in sanctification. We want to be more like Jesus to one another. This is not a time to beat your husband or your wife over the head with how they're dropping the ball. It's saying, hey, this is how I feel. This is what I've been experiencing. This is an area I think you could grow because we've talked about this and I don't see it happening. And then the other party, the husband or wife, you usually be taking notes and you, you need to make a concerted effort to saying, Hey, you know what, man, uh, gosh, I have violated it. I have dropped the ball. Will you forgive me? And let's move forward with a plan on how to change that. So that's big picture. And, and I know we went through a, a decent bit of stuff right there. Um, we, we have to be able to have those conversations, but the problem is, and this is where really the heart for this post and this reel came from is it's so common to see husbands or wives just always blurting out, like, just kind of like in a very sharp bitey, like just, just kind of getting under the skin. Like, you know, your husband's doing something or your wife's doing something. And it's just, oh, well, yeah, you always do that. Yeah, you're always dropping the ball there. That kind of, that kind of stuff, like, man, we, just, we need to eradicate that kind of garbage from our marriage. That is so unhealthy. It's so passive aggressive. Um, and it's just when, you, when, we, when we have the conversations in that way, there's not going to be any fruit that comes from it. Because ultimately, listen, here's the deal. In Proverbs, it says, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat of its fruit. When this whole idea of holding people to standards and boundaries and bringing truth and extending grace, the outcome of both is that we would bear more fruit in our life by either experiencing loving correction or graceful encouragement, that we would become more like Jesus and bear more fruit. If the outcomes of either one of those are not bearing more fruit. I think we're dropping the ball personally. I think we're dropping the ball now. And, and I really hope some of these, these thoughts I'm sharing are, are answering that, that question. Now let's get to the second question here. Um, how does a wife do better with this without feeling like she's carrying the mental physical load of encouraging him? Now, this question obviously was asked because I was talking about, Hey, we need to be loving encouragers of each other. We need to be our advocates of our spouses, not their adversaries. And this person asks, well, how do I do that without feeling like I'm just carrying this big load on my shoulders of, oh, I'm responsible for encouraging my husband, right? I, that is, that is a burden. That's a, that's a heavy burden. And, and let's, I want to look at a few scriptures and then we'll get into some of my thoughts about this. Okay. Galatians 6, 2 says this. Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Hebrews 3.13 says this, But exhort one another every day, as long as it's called today, that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. And again, Proverbs 18.21, I read it just a second ago. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it, Will eat of its fruits now, how does a wife or how does a husband do this without feeling like you're just carrying this massive physical and a mental and emotional load uh, and burden the first thing I don't know if it's going to be very encouraging to you, but I'm going to bring a little bit of truth here <laughs> bring, some, bring some loving truth <laughs> uh, it is a burden you have to carry and. It, it just is. So if, if you are either as a wife or as a husband, you're like, I, like, I I don't want to carry this burden of being the person that, that is encouraging my husband. I just, I feel worn out a lot from the kids or work or stress of life or whatever. I get it. I get it. I really do. I understand. I got six kids, two jobs. I get it. Okay. Um, but this is a burden we are called to carry, not just because they are our spouse, We're also called to bear one another's burdens in the church, right? Our brothers and sisters in Christ, we are to carry their burdens as well. And, um, carrying a burden or carrying a load feels heavy. It's heavy. And this is where I would just encourage husbands and wives as understanding that this is a burden and a load we must carry for not just our husband or wife, but for the, our brothers and sisters in Christ, we have to remember that the joy of the Lord is our strength, okay? And also, when it talks about Jesus in scripture, it says, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, despising its shame, right? He carried that burden for us. In both cases, we see that joy is in the equation. And I wanna remind both husbands and wives, or anybody listening to this, because bearing one another's burdens is a burden we must carry, and even as Hebrews 3.13 told us, we need to exhort one another, right? Exhort means encourage or to lift people up. Um, because this, we, And we have to do that every day, Scripture says. Um, "We." There is a lot of strength and resilience that we have to possess to do that. And at times, it's easier than others, right? But I mean, gosh, when the kids have been terrible all day, or like work has just been super stressful. The last thing we want to do is be reminded of Galatians six two and Hebrews three thirteen. Of hey, well, just reminder. I know, I know you're super stressed out, and I know life's hard right now. But you need to bear one another's burdens, and you need to continue to exhort one another every day. Um, that can feel super heavy and super hard, and it is. <laughs> it is. Um, and while a lot of people would say, Hey, just suck it up. You got to get through it and all that, and da, 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 you know, just man up or whatever. Um, I would submit to you that the way that a Jesus follower bests best carries that burden and best carries that load of needing to encourage and exhort one another every day, not just our brothers and sisters, but our spouses we must be tapped into the strength from the father. Um, if you are not in the word daily, you're not in prayer every day. You're not being ministered to by the Lord and being strengthened by the Lord. That burden is going to feel way heavier than it should. And if you are being ministered to by the Lord, being filled up by the Lord, um, Man, I would just encourage you and remind you that the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. You are empowered by the Holy Spirit. If you're trying to bear your spouse's burdens or bear one another's burdens and exhort one another every day on your own strength, that is going to be incredibly difficult because you're doing it on your own strength, which is limited, which is finite and knows an end. On the other side, I would say, and I would submit to you that if we are being led by the spirit and empowered by the spirit, we are able to bear one another's burdens and exhort one another every day, tapped into a source that never runs dry, that is infinite and never goes away. And that's where I would encourage both husbands and wives when it comes to bearing your spouse's burdens and encouraging them every day. Um, scripture says, don't, don't try and finish in the flesh that which began in the spirit. If we are trying to muster up the strength all the time in and of our own humanity to bear one another's burdens and exhort one another every day, we're going to get really tired really fast and get burnt out, crash and burn. So I'd encourage you. And I would also challenge you and ask you the question, are you trying to do this on your own strength? Or are you doing it as a spirit led and spirit empowered child of God? That'd be, that'd be one of my the thoughts that I would, I would bring up to you. Okay. Um, we, we, and we have to ask that and we have to answer that because we, we have to help carry our spouse's burdens. We just do. Um, I know that gosh, dang it. Even as I'm saying this right now, um, I, I need to do a better job of bearing my wife's burdens. Um, gosh, she does an incredible job of bearing my burdens and bearing, um, our family's burdens. We, we all have room to grow in this at all times. We all do. We, we all need to continue to be sanctified and challenged and grown in this area. Um, but there's something we have to do now. Um, I want to get to this idea here about this, this mindset shift. Cause there is a mindset shift here that I think is really powerful. And Romans 12, two tells us that we're transformed by the renewing of our mind. So this is why I want to bring a, a little mindset shift here back in the day. Um, when I was an intern at the church that I eventually got on staff with, um, there was this idea among the interns and it was told by one of our leaders because we'd go set up chairs and we would go do things. There's all this stuff that we didn't like doing, right? We're like, oh, well, we have to go do this, right? When it comes to being the person, being a person, one of the people that bears and carries your spouse's burdens and encourages them, we need to have this mindset shift of it's not something we have to do. We get to do it, right? It's a have to versus get to, mindset shift. When I think about have to versus get to, um, there is definitely in my mind, if I have to do something, I am setting a preconceived idea of, well, I have to do this. And that just makes it feel a lot more difficult. But if I get to do something, it breeds this idea of excitement and privilege in my mind of this is a privilege. This is an honor to do this. I get to do this. Um, and so I, I just want to challenge your mindset as well with this of, do you have a have to, or a get to mindset? Now, part of this question was feeling like, and she asked, um, and I'll just read the whole question again. How does a wife do this better without quote feeling like she's carrying the mental physical load of encouraging him? So here's a question I have. Do you feel that way or is it a 100% truth? Because we can often feel certain ways about things, and our feelings, while they are very good indicators and dashboard lights that come up, and we need to get under the hood a little bit and do some digging, and that's why we're having this conversation. Um, feelings can also be fleeting, and they can also lie to us over time. Our, we can have feelings that extend for long periods of time, and it, our feelings, what they actually are, is they are a lie that we have believed and if we believe a lie long enough, it becomes truth to us. So I would ask, is, is this a feeling that you're feeling or is it 100% the truth? Now, because listen, if, it is a, if you feel this way, there's a lot we could dig into there and we can't dig into everything on, on this podcast. But you need to release yourself from the burden of feeling like you are the only person carrying this load. You need to release yourself from the burden of feeling like you are the only person carrying this load. Because honestly, you shouldn't be, and you're not. Because if your spouse is a believer, um, you're not the only one carrying this load. The Lord is carrying a large part of that load for you. But you need to release yourself of just the feeling, the burden of I'm the only one carrying this. Brother or sister, listen, you are not the only one carrying this load. You're not. And if you feel that way, you need to you need to you might be carrying more of that burden than the Lord has asked you to carry. And I say that in the most loving way. You might be carrying more of this burden and load than you are designed to carry. And it might your your spouse might have put that on you. And you might need to kind of take some of that off a little bit because you you will get to a space and a place where you just feel overwhelmed and burnt out and you're like, how could I possibly do this? And it might be because you're carrying more of that load than you are actually created to. Now listen, if it is true, if you are the only person in your spouse's life that is encouraging them, and I'm gonna say this to the wives specifically here, because the wife asked me this, you need to tell your husband to get some freaking friends. And... (laughs) You, and and you need to maybe talk to those friends and say hey friends I need you I need you to to be a little more encouraging to my man um and and those conversations listen I'm telling you that might be a hard conversation to have but you go to your husband's friends and say listen I love that you are one of my husband's friends um I feel like I'm carrying all of the load of encouraging my husband because What it feels like is every time you guys get together, you're just talking about sports or this, that, or the other thing. I need you to, can you just, can you encourage my husband a little more? You can have that conversation with your husband's friends. It's a healthy thing. And if your husband just doesn't have any friends, maybe he does, but he's not being, um, like I always say, having hot conversations, honest, open, transparent. If he's not having those kind of conversations, you need to encourage your husband to do that too. But if you are in truth, the only person that is encouraging your husband or your wife, your spouse needs to get some freaking friends for real, like needs to get some friends. Now, listen, I want to talk about carrying this load because this is a real thing. It's a real, it can feel heavy. Um, I used to own a CrossFit gym years ago and there was a workout that we did where we had to, I, I can't remember if it was one or two miles, but we had to carry a 45 pound plate for one mile or two miles, and it was not fun. It was not fun. Uh, The first you know, little bit, a couple minutes, feels fine. After that, it's like carrying the load gets really burdensome, right? It's just like you're awkward, you're awkwardly placed, you're holding it on your shoulder, you're holding it on your hip, you're holding it behind your neck, you're holding it in front of you. And I remember when I was doing this workout, when I held the load in certain ways, it felt a whole lot heavier. But when I held the plate in a, in a particular manner, more or less, I, I think if I'm, if I'm remembering correctly, when, it, when I held it on my back, like kind of above my neck, while I was positioned a little weird, carrying the load in that way made all the difference. So what I want to kind of extrapolate from that as an encouragement to you is how you carry the burden makes all the difference how you carry it are you carrying it in a way that is making it more difficult and what i mean by that is if you carry that burden assuming you're the only one or assuming it's just oh my gosh i have to come up with some way to encourage my you're just it's a it's a have to versus get to mindset carrying the load in that way is going to make everything extremely difficult but if you carry that load remembering that you are strengthened and empowered by the Holy Spirit of God, that the joy of the Lord is your strength, that you get to do this. You don't have to do this, that this is a blessing and not a big, massive burden the Lord's asked you to carry. You go in with that mindset and that attitude, and also the attitude of, man, when I, when, when I get to encourage my spouse, when I get to exhort them, when I get to look for the good, when I get to find all the great things the Lord is doing in their life and share that with them, man, man, how much more is that going to change and empower my spouse? What a blessing that I get to participate in this with the Lord. When we carry ourselves and we carry that burden in this way, man, it can absolutely change the game for us. So, man, those are my thoughts on those two questions. I, I, and I, listen, when it comes to something like this, I this is honestly the difficult part of having a podcast or posting on social media is there's so many other questions that with everything i just said it can create even more questions because well what about this what about that and man i love having these kinds of conversations um, so one one thing you could do if you're listening to this and you're a husband or a wife message me more questions because I can sit down and record a podcast like this. And like we can kind of over the weeks and months, right. Answer some like continue to dig in into this kind of stuff, but I know it can cause more questions. So I, I I hope that there were nuggets in here that uh, brought both grace and truth, right. It brings you the grace and uh, gives you some encouragement but also some truth. Maybe maybe there's some correction of our mindsets or our hearts that need to happen. So I hope both happened. I hope you were able to take some good nuggets from this because ultimately, um, man, what a privilege that we have of being able to be part of the process to make our husbands or our wives more like Jesus. What a privilege that is. So listen, love you guys. Hope this was beneficial to you. And uh, we will see you on next week's episode. Hey, one thing before you go, if you got any value out of today's episode, we would so appreciate a five star rating and review wherever you are listening to this podcast, as well as, hey, take a picture with your phone of you listening. Take a screenshot and post it to social media. Go ahead and tag me at Cody Chapman and you can tag Nick as well at the Nick Milligan. Also, if you want to learn more about the Iron Society, you can head on over to ironsociety.co to learn more. We'll see you next week.